Hello and welcome to WNHH Radio's Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. Despite the premature reports of its demise, Obamacare continues to help make New Haven tick. A new open enrollment period has begun. That means it's time to sign up. The man behind the operation, Access Health's Connecticut CEO, Jim Wadley, is here in the studio to tell us more about that. And later this hour, we will discuss a different kind of access, access to banking, with Samantha Savidu, a newly named New Haven Bank on Fellow. A special thanks to Yale New Haven Hospital for providing support for today's program. So first off, welcome back to the studio, Jim Wadley. It's great to be here, Paul. Uh, thanks for having me back. All right. So you had good news last time you came here, and I think you got good news again, which is kind of interesting since the subject is Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act that has state-run uh, exchanges for people to get health care. If they can't get it otherwise, they make a little bit too much money for uh, getting Medica- Medicaid under normal circumstances. So how a new when did this new open enrollment appear begin, and how's it going? So uh, open enrollment began last Wednesday, November 1st, and it runs until December 22nd. Uh, uh, and so we have seen some very strong enrollment. And, and so uh, as I reach out to my peers around the country, they too are seeing some early strong enrollment. Uh, and, and so it's it's exciting to see the fruits of our labor for the last, uh, in essence, nine months uh, coming about, and 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 the team gets to see the successes of for all. So does that work. mean what you do, Jim, is that your organization, which is the the Obama Exchange, Obamacare Exchange in Connecticut, spends nine months of the year getting ready for the enrollment plan and keeping things running, and then three months, which we've just started now, is crunch time. You get people signed up for the year. Uh, the short answer to your question is yes. The longer answer to your question is. Uh, in past years, open enrollment has been three months this year. It's really down to about seven weeks. Why is that? So the federal government back in February passed, uh, a bunch of new rules, not legislation, but rules and air quotes. And one of those rules was, uh, shortening the open enrollment timeframe from, uh, the beginning of November to the end of January to now being at the federal level, December 15th, Connecticut has chosen to extend that right now to December 22nd, and we'll see how enrollment goes uh, before we make any more decisions on that. Wow. So in the past, you so they're prohibiting you from having open enrollment longer? They're not prohibiting. Uh, what we're trying to do, so the essence of that rule change is, is uh, in support of carriers, both locally and nationally. And so what carriers have been saying uh, to us as an exchange for the last few years is, uh, as they come out and, and generate and create their premiums or rates for individuals, uh, what they've seen is their rate structure is based on a 12-month year, and, and a lot of people in the individual market really aren't enrolling until, say, the end of January, which means their rates aren't effective till March 1st. And so carriers are losing about two months of premium on the front end of open enrollment, which is then driving up costs for everybody. And so what they would prefer are uh if is shorten that open enrollment have it be effective january 1st so that er, that they're they're receiving 12 months of premium and and that in essence will bring uh rates down a little bit so you got to work faster we've got to work a lot faster this year uh people ask like uh, why aren't you speaking twice as fast so you can run out and sign up some more people 
I have been in the last five five days uh, across crisscross the state probably three or four times, and that is much faster than we were doing it last year. So we we are working. We are receiving more phone calls in a shorter amount of time. We are seeing more people on our website in a shorter amount of time. So in essence, we are having to work faster. And and hopefully, uh, your listeners are hearing this and, and are getting out and, and enrolling. How many people are enrolled? in Access Connecticut, in Obamacare in Connecticut as of last year's? So last year at the end of open enrollment, we had about 110,000 Connecticut residents that had enrolled in private health care. Uh, again, we also are the no wrong door for Medicaid. And so we are constantly getting new Medicaid enrollment as well as re-enrollments that are taking place uh, throughout the year. And, and so ultimately what we've seen, Paul, over the last few years is Access Health Connecticut has had over 2 million Connecticut residents come through our front door in some form or fashion. Meaning counting Medicaid. Do you do all Medicaid for the state? So we we do Medicaid eligibility, and then we pass off that application to the Department of Social Services. And, and that's expanded Medicaid eligibility. That is expanded So Medicaid. there are 3.6 million people in Connecticut? There are three. Po- the number that I use is 3.6 million. And then... Most of them are on Obamacare. So uh, if you look at our numbers, so again, a great clarifying question. Throughout the year, what we see is roughly a quarter of our population is receiving some sort of uh, Connecticut help through Medicaid, whether there's a myriad of Husky programs that that the state is uh, helping. So that's about a quarter of our people. Um, If we go by the numbers that the insurance department just released somewhere in the ballpark, and I'm sure I won't get them correct, we're seeing about 85% of Connecticut residents receive uh, health care through their employer. Uh, and so then you get uh, somewhere in the ballpark of 5 or 6% are receiving it through individual insurance. Somewhere in the ballpark of 5 or 6% are receiving uh, through small group. And, and then the numbers shake out from, from there. So that was a press release that I think the insurance department just posted on their website. So how much of the state gets uh, their insurance through you? In some form. Some form. So uh, with with roughly, uh, so we're talking about private health insurance. And Medicaid going and, through your door. And so Medicaid comes through our door. So that's roughly, it's, it's kind of hard to say, let's go with someplace between a quarter and a third of the state uh, are touching Access Health Connecticut to receive their health care. All right, way to go. Um, the, so, you know, we always that is it. not all me. That is the Department of Social Services it has is a lot of staff an organization that are supporting behind Medicaid. But spend. Obamacare has helped make that happen. Medicaid expansion has been a right. piece that has in, increased uh, Connecticut coverage uh, over 200,000 so residents. What's the percentage of Connecticut that of people who don't have health insurance? What is our uninsured? So uh, right, there was a recent survey that was done um, as part, I think, is of the Kaiser Health Foundation that said that our uninsured rate is somewhere in the ballpark of about three and a half percent right now in Connecticut. Uh, that's one survey. There are a number of surveys. I think our uninsured rate is somewhere between three and a half and six percent, depending upon whether you use undocumented, even, even having Obamacare, even, even having the Affordable Care Act wow. help uh, through that process. Well, you're, you're listening to Jim Wadley. He runs Access Connecticut, which is the agency the network in connecticut that carries out obamacare both people who don't get insurance otherwise get it through him or through medicaid ex- um, expansion in the state people go through his front door to help get hooked up and what i've always loved about ex- uh, excess connecticut is that 
No matter what horror stories you hear about Obamacare, true or not, they're never true in Connecticut. So when Obamacare rolled out a few years ago, all the stories were about how the computer system broke. And that was embarrassing. But it ran great in Connecticut. And in fact, it, it worked like a dream, if I remember correctly. And maybe I'm misremembering. And that then they came we'll, to Connecticut. We'll allow you to misremember all you want, No, but Paul. I remember they came to Connecticut to figure out how we did it right with computers to fix how it worked nationally. And that we also were able to just run the program well. So again, people came to Connecticut nationally to see how we did Obamacare. And that they stole your predecessor <laughs> to work for the national organization because we knew how to do it here. So short answer to that, that question is you are correct. I think that Connecticut has been very fortunate in the rollout in adherence to the Affordable Care Act. And through that, uh, there have been a lot of successes. Kevin Cunahan um, being scooped up uh, by President Obama to come down and help at the federal level was one indication of So that. where is he now with Trump in the White House? Is he on Obamacare? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so <laughs> actually, funny you should mention that. I, I know that he was. I think- Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to about that. When he left, uh, when, when President Obama left- Kevin also left the administration, as did uh, that's generally the, the 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 practice. I'm pretty sure that he has landed uh, working at an insurance carrier out in the Midwest at the moment, and uh, he's he I'm seems sure to be doing well. Get, get employed by the rest of his <laughs> life, given what he's done. But so now the other bad story we're always hearing nationally is how even though the Republicans in Congress were not able to kill Obamacare despite promising to, they've now given that up. But the Trump administration, through its rulemaking is trying to make Obamacare fail. That's not a partisan statement. That is a quote from President Trump. He said, we wanted you to get rid of Obamacare. You didn't, so now I will destroy it gradually through rulemaking. Are we going to get another positive story in Connecticut that despite those efforts, we still have it going strong? So uh, a number of things there that can't really speak to. Uh, what I will say is we have, we being Access Health Connecticut, the governor, lieutenant governor, uh, our board have made a number of significant changes uh, to be able to get out in front of uh, open enrollment and make sure everyone around the state of Connecticut understands that we are still in business, that we are still the only place they can go to receive financial help and find free in-help assistance uh, at 10 locations around the state versus the two we've had in previous years. So, oh, you went from two to 10 locations this year. We did. Are you still on Church Street in New Haven? We are on Howe Street in New Haven. Uh, we number? moved we, to Howe Street right mm -hmm. uh, at the Yale New Haven storefront. We're okay. also in Mill. Oh, that used to be um, an, a, t a fast, casual Indian restaurant. <laughs> so so I, I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, I was there last week, and I'll stop by after this meeting uh, just to stop in and say hello. They've had great foot traffic there. It's right really, on the bus line. It's a hard line. place to walk, though. Uh, that's I, like, that's that intersection almost, I think that's why the restaurant went out of business. Oh, because it's hard to get around the, you don't walk around that area. You very rarely, but you're saying you see foot traffic. We've, we've actually had, uh, some really good foot, foot traffic, not only in that site, but all of our sites around the state, uh, are, are that's exceeding great. our expectations. So already. you went from two to 10 sites. Yes. What else did you do? So we have improved, we've, uh, over the last year, we've made a significant number of improvements to our technology. And so without going into a lot of detail, what we've really done is added uh, a plan selection tool that allows consumers to our customers to come in and uh, enter their information on income, enter in a uh, high level, how many times they think they're going to go to the doctor. The tool now allows us to, if you are taking uh, pharmaceutical drugs, 
Uh, you can enter those in, and it'll tell you if the which plans cover those drugs. You're talking about when you come into your office, there's a kiosk people can use, or something they do at home. All online through they access. They do it at home. All, all online through accesshealthct.com. Yes. And this gives you info. Is this part of the registration process? It is part of the registration in, in enrollment process where they can come in and and find a myriad. They can check and see if their family doctor is in network in in the plan that they're looking at. So a lot of really good improvements this year. Uh, can you sign up at home or do you have to come to an office? Oh, uh, signing up at home is probably the most convenient because you can do it at any time of day or night that they want to be able to do that. So again, I, I, I again now get the vibe that you don't want to be weighing in on President Trump. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. You're carrying out a government function. You're not partisan. The uh, but one thing they did in changing the rules is that you used to have three months of enrollment payment, as you said earlier, to try to get everyone signed up. Now they gave you only seven, seven weeks, seven weeks. Yes. that's a that's a big change. Are you th- do you do you really believe you're going to be able to sign up as many people in that time? Uh Based on the conversation I had with my team yesterday, I think we are trending to meeting last year's enrollment numbers. Which was 110 just for the private. About 110,000. We are seeing some increased traffic uh, from a Medicaid enrollment perspective as well. So we are uh, being, I don't know, seven, today's Wednesday, seven, literally seven days into open enrollment, one week out of the seven. Uh, We are cautiously optimistic right now that... Uh, all the hard work that our outreach and marketing teams have done are are hitting the mark. And that must be a third thing you did. So you have 10 locations instead of two. You improved the website, which was already pretty good, right? Right. Although any website can make you nuts, even a good website, <laughs> right? Uh, ours you, you is might, you not might not perfect. know how to use it right. You know, right. I'm terrible with websites, even though I run one. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then third thing, you must have done something different, it sounds like, with marketing in general. Because that's the other thing the Trump administration did. It's right. It has significantly cut back the marketing. Now, can they prevent the state agencies from doing as much marketing, or are you free on that end? So the way, I, so each state is a little different. The way Connecticut is is works is Access Health has, was created as a quasi state agency, so we are not receiving any federal funding. We're not receiving any, per, in essence, any state funding. Our total budget is paid for by the carriers. How and much is that? Uh, right now, it's about thirty million dollars a year, and so with that, what we are doing is. Uh, investing more in our own marketing uh, than we have. How have much before. more? So we've probably added by about 20%, uh, increased our marketing budget this year by about 20%. We've also done a number of other things. We've hired a, a year-round outreach team. Uh, and so we have a team of about three individuals right now that uh, have started about a month, month and a half ago who spend their entire time going out in, and are in the community churches. How do you do that when it's going to be another 10 months before people can sign up? So uh, what we have found over the last five years is it's not a, hey, it's open enrollment season and now we need to go. There's a constant uh, turnover in in our population of people moving into the state, people moving out of the state, people uh, changing jobs, uh, so there's always this thing called special enrollments that are taking place where people can always come in and enroll. How does that work? You have to have a, a reason. There's a reason. So I got married. I had a child. I lost a job. I got divorced. I moved into the state. Uh, so so a number of things that, that can take place there. And so um, you'd be surprised how many times I walk into meetings and organizations still don't know who Access Health Connecticut is. 
So that's that's on us as an organization. That's why I keep saying Obamacare. It's hard to remember Access Connecticut because you have access everything. That's right. Um, and, and so we f- have found that in order for us to take uh, continue to find the uninsured, we have to change our methods. Uh, and, and those methods are getting into the churches, uh, meeting with municipal leaders. Over the last two weeks, I've, I've met with probably half a dozen mayors around the state uh, and explained what our organization is and how we work. Uh, and, and, and through that, we are joining through social media campaigns and reaching more and more citizens. So how many people sign up or what percentage of your, of your enrollment occurs when it's not the seven-week open enrollment period? For special enrollment, so we probably see. Uh, so there's a number of different things that I could use uh, for that. What I can say is somewhere in the ballpark between four and six percent of our population on a monthly basis churns. And so what churn means population mean of access of access of access health Connecticut. What that means is sometimes they go between Medicaid and private health insurance, or they go from private health insurance to Medicaid, <clears throat> or they. Uh, or, or we have new enrollments or we have people that, uh, are between jobs and need health insurance. So we're seeing roughly about four, four to 6,000 customers every month change their enrollment status. Good, bad. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just, that's what so we see. We have work to do all year. We have work to do all year. And the work that you are doing, Jim Wadley, is running Access Health Connecticut. New Connecticut's Obamacare, Affordable Care Act Agency, which has done great guns in its first five years, and you're keeping it going, keeping the faith in the era of Trump. And you're, li- you're listening to that on WNHH Radio, your home for community radio, 103.5 FM, on our Dateline New Haven program. What are, is there any chance we'll ever get single payer? Do you think there'll be a backlash on this health care debate? Bernie Sanders got pretty far with that. Elizabeth Warren promotes it. It's now becoming... Uh, almost a litmus test in the Democratic Party, although single-payer means a million different things. It could be government-run health care. It could just be government-run insurance with private care. You could do the England model, the France model, the Canada model. But the basic idea is why do we even need private insurance companies? Why don't we just have everybody in one pool for government? Businesses will pay less. I just got a 22% increase at the independent this coming year for our health insurance. Can we get there? So one of the things... Uh, you touched upon a, a number of questions there, Paul. First, I'd say there, every person seems to have a different definition of what single payer is. But would it be fair to say that with all the different models of single payer, the common idea is no more private insurance companies. The government is the insurer. Everybody pays in. And then we go to the details, private doctors, not private doctors, government health care, not government health care. So I, I, um, I, I'm going to step back from that question just a little bit and say, one of the things the Affordable Care Act has done is, is put a, a magnifying glass or a spotlight on enrollment, on uninsured, on, on, on a number of things. One of the things the, on, the Affordable Care Act hasn't done a, a tremendous job at is address the cost of health care. And, and so we can talk about the delivery model. Um, I'm not sure the delivery model fixes the problem. So eat, let's fast forward and say, yep. As tomorrow we're on a single payer, it still doesn't fix our problem. The problem is the cost of health care. But also insurance companies have a business model to give you as little health insurance as they can by getting as much money out of you as they can. I mean, I know it. We, we have to fight to get benefits every week that we are entitled to under health care, and they lose your stuff. They make you call, wait weeks for stuff. I mean, it's just... So, so I think th- that's a different model. So each carrier that you have has a, has a different model in the way they want to serve uh, customers. I'm hoping generally uh, health plans are in the business of 
trying to make people healthy and serve serve their customers. And I think you need to say that you would be out of a job if you didn't. (laughs) I do honestly believe, and I just mean this in my heart, they are evil. They should not exist. They exist only to rip us off and give us less of what we need so they can make the most possible money. I mean, I've had that experience with every single insurance company as a reporter, as a human being who's been insured. Why do we need a profit in healthcare? How does that, how does that incentive help us get people covered well? So, uh, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not not fair. That's not your job. I'm I'm not going to be in the business of, of defending the carriers. What I'll say is there have been a number and continue to be a number of very public things that are going on in the state of Connecticut right now that, um, when, when you shine a spotlight on, take for instance, what's going on between, uh, Anthem and Hartford healthcare right now up in Hartford County and area, uh, each of those things are sh- are putting a a light on the the continued rising cost of healthcare. What carriers probably haven't done in the past has ha- has explained what is driving their cost. One of the things the Affordable Care Act has done, on a positive side, from my perspective, has been creating this thing called medical loss ratio. So for every dollar, uh, we now know that carriers can only make. 20% that they're capped at that. And so we continue to focus on that 20% of administrative costs and not on that 80 cents for every dollar that are pharmaceuticals, that are hospitals, that are doctors, all key things um, as part of the ecosystem. We, I think we need to kind of switch gears and focus on that other 80%. And to be fair to the insurance companies... We have mandated coverage that's very expensive under Obamacare, but because of the compromises to get it passed, it's very hard. There are no meaningful fines to force people, even though we technically are, who are healthy and young to sign up so the cost is not spread. And one idea Republicans had was on a compromise, if there were going to be a bipartisan compromise on adjusting Obamacare, to not require the insurers to cover the very sick, but to have a special fund to cover that. So they call that fund a high risk pool, and yeah. and ultimately, if we get to just from experience, if we get to a point where high risk pools are the status quo, they're very expensive to yeah. administer, and they're very expensive for individuals. Uh, if you look at, let's pick another industry, one that I like to poke at as uh, as well is auto insurance, right? So those individuals who who get in car accidents or have speeding tickets. Or conversely, we know my kids, knuckleheads that they are, um, are expected they're going to get in a car accident. My insurance has tripled because they're now part of... Which is why people make the argument for single payer, which is that ultimately you just got to have everyone signed up and then you're spreading the risk. And then you're spreading the risk. Now, now there are, we could probably have a dozen different p- points of view on that, on that, but if we truly want to get to a point of uh, this thing called personal responsibility... That's kind of where I see us going. Uh, we really want to, we've allowed people to uh, have access to healthcare. So people can't be um, denied for pre existing conditions. That's a, a monumental step through this process because I hear story after story for individuals that thank uh, us, thank the lieutenant governor, thank the governor, thank everybody for, uh, in, in this, most cases, they're like, I'd be dead right now if I didn't have healthcare. So those are all positive things. So how does personal responsibility going to help with cost containment? Are you going to have consequences to your actions? You so, so, so those for, are all... For risky uh, behavior? Those, can't speak to the last part, but what I can say are 
what we really want to do is we want to get the healthy individuals into the risk pool. And ultimately, what we really want to do is have everyone have health care coverage. Forget about um, f- forcing. We, there's a stigma in our society right now that most people question why they need to have health care. But most people understand why they need to have a whole bunch of other things. And so right, uh, no one questions you have to have car insurance or a license to drive. Correct. And so th- th- those are those are other things that right now as a society, I think we really want to start pushing education down into our to younger generations and let that kind of growth grow up through the kids. Well, Jim Wadley, I love when you come down to WNHH <laughs> Radio because you have a success story. That's I, I wish you continued success with running Access Health Connecticut and getting people signed up for the Affordable Care Act. The season has just begun. The seven-week season, we got six weeks left for people to sign up for Obamacare, for affordable health care insurance in Connecticut. Jim, how do they do it? They can uh, come onto our website, which is accesshealthct.com. Enroll there. If they have questions, they can reach out to a broker. We have brokers back who are helping us around all of our communities. They're certified application counselors that are around the state um, at uh, federal, federal qualified health centers to be able to do it. There's lots of free help. Uh, and then uh, they can also ca- call us if, if they have other, further questions as well. We encourage everyone to get out right now. You have six weeks to go. Six weeks at 2 Howe Street. If you think you're going for Fast Casual Indian and it's not there anymore, you can still sign <laughs> up for healthcare at 2 Howe Street. 2 Howe Street. Jim Wiley, thanks so much for coming on the air. Thank you, Yale New Haven Hospital, for providing some financial support for this episode. We're taking a break, folks. We're going to be back in about five minutes with someone who's now making banking access available to the community, Samantha Savadu of the New Haven Bank on Fellow Program. And uh, we're going to take it out for a few minutes here with the Afro-Semitic Experience from their album, This is the Afro-Semitic Experience. Sit back, enjoy the tunes, and come join us back in a few. And thank you, Jim Wadley. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) 